Gospel is written in the 18th chapter of the Gospel of St. John, beginning at verse 33. Glory Glory be to thee, O Lord. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king? For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. In the name of the living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please sit. So yes, on this feast of Christ the King... Pilate summoned Jesus and asked him, so are you a king? I'm just about old enough, as perhaps some of you are, to remember a program on what was then in the distant past called the BBC Home Service. Anybody remember it? No. To remember that highly regarded program with the arresting title, The Brains Trust. One member of the panel who was well known both for his brains as well as for his atheistic views, was a certain Professor Jode, who incidentally at the end of his life converted to being a very active and committed Christian, but that's for another sermon. But the reason I mention Professor Jode is because when any question was put to the highly intelligent brains panel, Professor Jode would always begin by his reply by saying, It all depends what you mean by. And indeed on this Feast of Christ the King and the reading in the Gospel about the trial of Jesus, it all depends, it seems to me, on what we mean by a king. Or for that matter, by his kingdom. The kingdom, yes, to which you and I, of which you and I are citizens. So when Pilate at the trial of Jesus pops the $10,000 question to Jesus, are you a king? Jesus replies, that is what you are saying, but which could easily be translated, that's your word. And a bit like Professor Jode, because it all depends what you mean by a king. Because Jesus came and comes still to show us a very different kind of king and a very different kind of kingdom. And central to both king and kingdom, a very different understanding of what we mean by power and the exercise of power. So I want to suggest briefly that we stop and ask Professor Jode's question this afternoon. 
It all depends what you mean by power. For the power of earthly kings and emperors is the very opposite of the power exhibited in the person of Jesus Christ, the King, who paradoxically reigns from the cross with a crown, yes, but a crown of thorns. You see, the cross of Calvary stands at the very crossroads, I believe, of history and evolution, asking us to stop and look down two very different roads. The road to the left, if you like, reads on the signpost, the love of power, a road chosen by the majority of the Caesars, leaders, kings, and emperors ever since. However, the road to the right admittedly a road less traveled, reads on that signpost the power of love. A love and power expressed essentially through service. And that, dear friends, is the ultimate choice for the whole of humankind. A challenge which the Feast of Christ the King, the last Sunday in the church's year, presents to us this afternoon. So three Simple points comparing and contrasting the exercise of power, either the love of power or the power of love. First, the love of power seeks to win votes, those votes which vacillate according to popularity and the latest Chancellor of the Exchequer's report on tax and the passing vogue of the day. That's how Barabbas won the favor of the crowd. While the power of love doesn't seek to win votes, it seeks to win hearts, yours and mine, perceived as by the, as by the eyes of the heart, enlightened by the gospel of the kingdom. Oh yes, Barabbas, Yes, he had his little day. Brutes and braggarts had their little day in the pomp and circumstance of El Edward Elgar. But Jesus the Christ changed history, changed the way we date our calendars, taught us to see everything from a very different perspective and point of view with a love which has brought trillions and trillions to their knees in worship, love and adoration for 2,000 years and is still going strong. Secondly, the love of power necessarily recruits slaves and servants in the worst sense. The power of love, on the other hand, sets us free for loving service. In that first reading, we read, Jesus has made us to be a kingdom of priests, yes, but... Priests serving God. Yes, the loving service of true priesthood. I was always rather sorry that Margaret Thatcher called her autobiography The Road to Power. I wish she'd called it The Road to Service. Surely that's what we want from our politicians, from our clergy, from our bankers. Yes, a return to service. The Son of Man came not to be served, says Jesus, but to serve and to give his life. 
And that was most powerfully demonstrated in that upper room, you remember, on the night before the crucifixion, when Jesus did the most menial task and washed the feet of the disciples, when, as the saying goes, he actually stooped to conquer. Do you see? As he knelt and bent over the dirty feet of his followers, girded with a towel, head over heels, literally, metaphorically as well, head over heels in love. Yes. Touching lives and hearts with the power of a love expressed in service. And finally, the love of power never dares to show any weakness or vulnerability. It's afraid of tears, isn't it? Living by those words, might is right, with the end justifying the means. While contrarywise, the power of love is not afraid of weakness and vulnerability. But as St. Paul discovered from the Lord, that strength which is perfected in and through weakness, the true strength of true power, which raised Jesus from the depths of death to that new life in his kingdom, a kingdom which has no end. And indeed, that same strength and power which can raise you and me from the depths of failure and our human frailty to be inheritors and citizens of that eternal kingdom where Christ is our true king, where he reigns in the hearts and lives of his citizens, hearts won by the power of a love which is infinite. I'm sometimes asked, will everyone be saved in the end? And you know, I dare to believe they will in the end. Why? Because I believe that when we finally see the true God, the true face of love, rather than the caricatures of much that, par that parades as religion, and I don't have much time for that, I truly believe we will find the power of God's love absolutely irresistible, but while still being free to turn away. Jesus said, I, if I be lifted up, will attract, draw, attract all men and women to myself. Yes, enthroned paradoxically and lifted up on the cross of Calvary. So as we come to the end of the church's year and stand on the eve of the church's new year, beginning next Sunday, Advent Sunday, the church once again invites you and me and all the citizens of his kingdom to come to that, what I call, the Calvary of the heart, to the crossroads of the cross of Calvary, and to choose between those two very different ways of life, the love of power or the power of love, or as that same basic question is put in Deuteronomy, this day I put before you the way of life and the way of death. Choose life, the way of him who himself is the way to true life, Christ our King.
Amen.